My number two, and I think this is one of the best logos in all of sports. I guarantee you we have Go the ahead. same team at number two then. If you're saying it's the best sport, the logo in all of sports, I guarantee you we have the same team. Welcome, Welcome. to the show that's for all things sports and only sports. Each week, Dan and Drew break down sports' biggest moments and best action. Pass is intercepted at the goal line. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. This is the Dan and Drew Show. There it is, a win for the ages. Here are your hosts, Dan and Drew Walker. Hey, Dan, I got a joke for you. Okay. A man leaves home makes three left turns, and on his way back home when he notices two men are wearing masks waiting for him. Who are they? He makes three left turns. He's on his way back home. On his way back home. And he notices two men wearing masks are waiting for him. Who are they? Um, uh, Robbers. No, it's uh, the catcher and the umpire. Thank you guys so <laughs> much for coming back to the Dan and Drew show. I'm your host, Drew, alongside Dan. <laughs> Hello. Just wanted to open it up a little different. But anyways, thank you guys so much for joining again on another episode here on Thursday. It's a beautiful day. Yes, it is. Now I this well, It's chilly, though. A little here. chilly. Well, I, we're, spring we're like, was supposed to happen, and it's apparently well, it's no, already gone. Well, the groundhog, remember, he said... He's a liar. He, no, he said it was going to be an extended winter. No, right? I don't believe anything that thing that says. He sees a shadow, and suddenly he can determine the course of all well, weather. No. No. The, the He's a fraud. Pull, yeah, okay. You should call him the... the what was? How do you say his name? The Puxatani Phil, yeah, the the Froxatani Phil or no Froxatani Phil. I was have trying. Have you to never seen the movie Groundhog Day? Yes, I have. You should have asked me again. Have I seen the movie Groundhog Day? <laughs> that would have been a funny joke there. This episode, we're gonna go into sports news like we always do, but it's gonna be a hockey focused episode. Wait, everybody, stay. I know you might not be a hockey fan, but it's gonna be a good episode. We hope that you support the boys. We're going to go into the updated standings of the NHL playoffs. We're halfway through the season. We're also going to talk about reverse retro jerseys. All right. Mm-hmm. That, that's something we haven't discussed yet. I know we're halfway through and teams have already started wearing their jerseys more often. There's some ugly ones, but we're going to talk about it. There's some pretty ones. There's some pretty ones too. But, there are some, some that I would ones. actually buy and then some that I would probably burn. But starting off the episode, let's start with golf. Matt Jones won the Honda Classic that took place at Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Couldn't find a prettier place. I mean, you couldn't, but I have never seen more naked people than on that golf course for for, for playing golf. Oh, yeah, because they were taking, they were stripping down because they kept mm-hmm. hitting the ball in the hazard. Yep. The goal is to get the ball on the course. You, you think that would be easy, right? I can't it, say anything it, because I've, I've seen the hazard many times in my it's, golfing day. It's an, that, that is a difficult course. Now, little stats about... Matt Jones, because I'm sure there's a lot of individuals out there who don't know much about him, which I understand because he hasn't done anything in his career. This is his second PGA Tour win, hasn't won since 2014. His best result, though, in a major was he tied for 21st in 2015 at the PGA Championship. If you put money on him, you hit big because he was a 70 to 1 odds. This tournament, honestly, there wasn't any high-quality players playing good golf. I think a lot of them took off because... They had just played at the players the week before. A lot of players do that. When when they play a big tournament and then the next week the tournament's kind of falling off, they usually take a break. And it was really weird to see Phil Mickelson there. I mean, lefty, very rarely does he play in the Honda Classic. I'm watching some of his shots. 
And I think he was just there to just to play. Yeah, maybe because maybe he was catching money. the ball on some of those tee to greens. And I'm like, Phil, what are you doing? Well, he's not uh, playing good golf at all. Mm-hmm. So maybe he just needed to get in there, you know, try to get back to midseason form, I guess. Well, to his old, old form. Old form. Mm-hmm. Good form right now is no form. But talking about soccer, Champions League matches have been set. April 6th, 7th, 12th, and 13th will be the next fixture of teams playing. So we have Man City versus Dortmund. Now, these teams are, I think they're wildly different. And I think Man City, I'm going to give you guys my predictions, who's going to win these matches and end up going on in the Champions League. Man City, they're first in the EPL with Dortmund. They're fifth in Bundesliga. I think Man City has too much firepower. They're going to end up advancing. Porto versus Chelsea. Porto is second in the Portuguese Liga. Chelsea, they're fourth in the EPL. Porto's been playing well. I, I like, I don't know with Chelsea. I, this one's kind of a toss-up, but honestly, I'm going to go with Porto. I, I like how they're playing and how they are pushing the ball. You know, they don't, they, they have a 20, they have a plus 28 goal differential. So they're, they're able to play offense, but also make sure they're playing good defense. The team that I support the most, Byron, they're playing PSG, which is the hardest, in my opinion, round of matchups within these eight teams going head to head. Now, how is this going to work? Cause the Olympics are coming up. Mm-hmm. Are they going to play for a certain time and then take a break for the Olympics and then go right back into a season or yeah, soccer, they're going to take a couple months off and then they'll go back in. Soccer is an extremely long season, but the benefit is they don't play. They're not most of the time. They're only playing one game a week. So they have the flexibility to take longer breaks or, you know, figure out their training schedule. They'll take a break. I don't, you know, I just heard this on the radio yesterday, Dan, that the Olympics is only going to host fans who live in Japan. I mean, it, with the COVID situation, that makes the yeah. most sense. I, under, I understand, but they had 400,000 people who purchased tickets outside of Japan mm-hmm. who and, they now have to refund. And now, and we're just now finding out about this in March, toward the end of March. And the Olympics are this summer. And, yeah, it's in July or something. And, and to give people this very short notice, I mean, and that's also billions of dollars, I imagine, mm-hmm. that Japan is going to lose because and because of the situation. And I have heard that it's because Japan is just not at the pace of other countries when it comes to vaccination. Yeah. And therefore, it puts them in this predicament, but... Hopefully next year's Olympics, the Winter Olympics, I think they're in um, Beijing next year, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope it's a different situation. But <laughs> so going going back to the Bayern versus PSG, obviously Bayern they're first in Bundesliga, PSG first in Ligue, Ligue 1. Understandably, these are two world class teams. Both have a extremely high goal goal differential, plus forty three for Bayern, plus forty six for PSG. Because I'm a Byron supporter, I'm biased in this. And I, but I also said a couple weeks ago, I think Byron is going to repeat as Champion League winners. They're not as good as they were last year, but I think that they have everything complete from top to bottom. They have one of the best goalkeepers in the world. I'm going with Byron. Then we have Real Madrid versus Liverpool, which I'm surprised even Liverpool is here because of how poor they're playing in the EPL. They're seventh. And they're only a plus 12 with gold differential. Not playing good soccer or football. I'm going with Liverpool though over Real Madrid. I think they just have a overall better system that fits their play style. And I think when it comes to the big moments, Liverpool is going to deliver. 
Real Madrid doesn't have the players that they used to have. I'm going with Liverpool to advance. So again, I have Man City, Porto, Byron, and Liverpool advancing to the next round. Thank you, Drew, for that soccer download for those of us who are not as versed in the sport as you are. You're welcome. Uh, but let's move on to some NFL news. Before we go into the crux and the meat potatoes of this episode with NHL news, we actually got quite a bit of NFL we should say, news. Actually, we should say the squid and the catfish of the episode instead of meat and potatoes. This is true. And if you're a hockey fan, you would know his uh, Drew's reference. Yep. Um, and we can go about the, the history. Hockey, what an amazing sport. But NFL news. Now, we know we're going to be a little transparent and honest. Last week, there was a lot of information. A lot. And, and Drew and I reflected on it later. Man, there was just so much uh, for people to process. This week, we're not going to go in depth with the uh, free agency situation. Teams are still signing players, one or two year deals. You guys are more than welcome to, to do searches on that for your own teams. Uh, but for the sake of the podcast, we're just going to give you the highlights. The highlights. There you go. There's a great deal. First and foremost, the NFL has come with new TV deals. This will go into effect next year. CBS will continue to do AFC games, mm-hmm. as they've always done. They'll host three Super Bowls in this deal. Fox will do NFC games. NBC will still have Sunday Night Football. This is where the biggest changes come. ESPN, they will host Monday Night Football games, but also incorporate ABC. So they will probably do simulcasts. We've seen that during the playoffs in years past where ESPN, you know, they host their Saturday wildcard game and they'll simulcast it on ABC. Well, this now will incorporate ABC for Monday Night Football. It'll also include three doubleheader Monday Night Football games this year. So we will usually it's the first week of the season where Monday Night Football has two games. We'll see that three times this season. So that's great if you want an earlier Monday night game. And if you're mm-hmm. on the West Coast, you get a game that's, you know, lunchtime and then dinner time. No, um, uh, for Monday Night Football. So there could be three doubleheaders. And there will also be two Saturday games for ABC on week 18. And then they will be flexible. So they will be meaningful games, if you will. Yeah. Another big thing is Amazon. They will be the exclusive streamer for Thursday Night Football. It could come as soon as 2022. Because Fox might end their contract a year early. Yeah, they might end it early. Um, all this deals, it comes, the reason why I said earlier 2022 is because of this situation. Even though this this mega TV deal for the NFL doesn't take place until 23, Amazon could potentially start in 2022, extreming exclusively. And also, we could have Black Friday football. Yeah. Which it, will be, I mean, look, that's that's great for Amazon. Um, that Amazon would double dip because obviously Amazon's, and then you're talking about this, Amazon's busiest day of the year is Black Friday. Well, and, and Cyber Monday. And Cyber Monday. Probably up there too. So I'm thinking if you have all these deals on Black Friday, that's a great way to advertise for yourself. Hey, also, while you're shopping and spending a ton of money, guilty of that, you can be watching... The football game. So I think Amazon, this is a great opportunity for them to double dip. And well, that, who doesn't like Amazon? That shows you just how they're a monopoly. <laughs> I mean, they're they're a mega house. They're uh, dominating. They're, they this used to be a bookstore, and now they're gonna be, you know, now they're gonna be streaming exclusive NFL games on Thursday uh, with the potential for Black Friday football. Next, the 17th game this season. Remember, there's 18 weeks, an extra game starts this season. These are the conferences and the divisions that they are going to play. 
So the NFC West is going to play the AFC North. The NFC North is going to play the AFC West. The NFC East will play the AFC East. And the NFC South will play the AFC South. There's going to be a lot of great matchups. And it's done by your position within your division. Yeah. Like, Let's look at this as an example. The NFC South, the division winner were the Saints. So they will play the winner of the AFC South, which were the Titans. So the Saints and Titans will play each other next year. Spicy. That's Well, I was going to say that would have been a great game, but now that Drew Brees has officially retired, we don't know who we're going to get. We're either going to get Jameis or we're going to get Taysom at this point. So we'll, we'll see. But that's that'll be the 17th game. Uh, that's how that's decided. In the draft, the NFL draft has been set. Cleveland. It'll be in Cleveland. Dog Pound has the... My sister-in-law lives in Cleveland. Yes. And, and I uh, should be like, hey, will you let uh, my wife and I come up there and yeah. Well, her, yeah, her sister, like, will you let your own sister and her she, husband She honestly, she'd like, sure, go up there, spend time doing the NFL draft. She doesn't live far from where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be right next to the stadium, right mm-hmm. on the on the lake. And, the the and pictures probably, that they have of what it's going to look like look incredible. Yeah. But there is a limit and a cap on how many fans are going to be allowed to Correct. attend. They're going to make it as normal as they possibly can. So, so booze are coming back, baby. <laughs> yes. Roger Goodell, he escaped it last year. COVID was the only thing that saved Roger Goodell hey, last we, year. We still did it in our living room. Boo! Yeah. So the draft is live this year in Cleveland, April 29th to May 1st. They will have fans. They'll have prospects there. Again, they'll try and make it as normal as possible. Minnesota and Philadelphia have the most draft picks. They have 11 draft picks. And boy, do they need it. <laughs> uh, and Seattle has the least with three. Not, no surprise. Because three. you gave away the entire farm system for for Jamal Adams. So, And their picks are in the second, fourth, and seventh round. Maybe they should trade Russell Wilson. They should trade. Well, <laughs> I mean. You know, Chicago, my goodness. We, Chicago we, was giving you everything. Well, hey, look, they have Andy Dalton. They have the red rifle, hey. okay? Um, but with Seattle, we talked about how that it wouldn't make financially uh, a deal of sense for them. Isaiah Wilson, we talked about him last week. Wolf. He was released by the Dolphins. John Robinson with the Titans probably looking, he's probably sitting a little, little happy this day uh, because the Dolphins released Isaiah not even... He wasn't even on their roster for three days. He didn't even get a physical. Well, he was late to his physical. Yeah, so that was a big deal. We've talked about him. Hopefully, he will find help. But I think his NFL career, how the mighty have fallen, go from first yeah, round with, draft within, pick. Within 12 months, not even 12 months. And it, Yeah. You go from even. first round pick to being first out of the league. Draft pick. First round draft pick, sorry, to being out of the league. And Dan and I want people in this situation to find help because this is much bigger than football. He has no interest of playing the game. And I think he... Or, or seeking help. The, the or Dolphins help. tried to give him help. They did. And he refused it. And so they said, we're going to release you. Well, Will Compton, he actually tweeted this. And he said that some players are... They don't want to live a life of football. They'd rather just live the life. And you see a lot of this stuff that he posts on social media. He just wants to live the life right now. And I hope he gets it turned around. To play off that, I cannot remember who tweeted it because um, I didn't anticipate us talking about this, so I apologize for not being able to source it. But there were a couple of um, former players who talked about that there are actually a lot of NFL players, former and current, who do not like playing football. Yeah. But they do it because... It's a lot of money. It, it's a lot of money, and they it's it's what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And they do it just for their livelihood. I didn't... 
I didn't realize just how many players out there don't truly like playing the game of football. Well, I can see that because I, I, you know, with how many individuals play the game of football, you can't have everybody liking what they do. It's just like any other job in life. You may hate being a lawyer. You may hate being a doctor, but if you're good at it and it can bring a lot of income within the, your family, you just maybe kind of suck it up. Well, I think it also could play into is your team successful? Sure. I mean, I'm curious how many people who have played with Tom Brady truly have enjoyed their game because they're winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier to overlook those, you know, those days where you just don't want to be there when you're actually winning. Drew, I got one last football, and it's actually a question to you. So Juju Smith-Schuster, I can't believe I said that on the hey, first try. <laughs> we didn't have to edit that out. That's good. Yeah, look, yeah. Progress. A little, little behind the scenes. Every time I try and say his name, we always have to edit it. So that was my first try. Go me. Trent Williams and Josh Reynolds, all three of them decided to not go to Kansas City. This is a, a scenario where three players had the option to go to Kansas City, and they all rejected it. There's a lot of players, yeah. And I'm curious, what what do you think the reason for that is? I mean, they just won the Super Bowl two years ago, and then they went to the Super Bowl again. Of course, they lost. But what is the situation with Kansas City there, for them to decide not to go? There must be some underlying thing that we don't know about. And I'll be transparent with you, Dan. There's an aspect to me, if, if I was in the NFL, I wouldn't want to go to Kansas City. I think there's a lot of personality on there that too much ego that I, me, I personally, I'm speaking for me, that I don't want to be a part of. There's just too many, too many players yeah, that I have mean, this got, kind of big head and I, I don't Tyra, want to be a part of that. Tyron Matthew, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Those are some big personalities. Yeah. Trent Williams was dangerously close to signing with Kansas City. He said in a recent interview that Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, his boy, as he said, pulled him back, and now he will spend another season with San Francisco. Juju will be going back to Pittsburgh. Josh Reynolds, he decided to go to Tennessee rather than Kansas City. So, Drew, you said the reason is you think there's just so much personality in that locker room that it just overshadows or could potentially overshadow what they're trying to do. I mean... You've won a Super Bowl, and I think a lot of teams, once they win a Super Bowl, things just, the culture changes within the locker room. Yeah, uh, I think people, they get their Super Bowl, and then they want to go somewhere else for money. Well, look at look at Kansas City. You know when you go to Kansas City, you are not the primary person. You are not the secondary person, and you're not the third person. Doesn't matter what position you are, how good you are, it's Patrick Mahomes first, mm -hmm. then Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill second, third, we'll just put him in there. And then maybe you. Mm -hmm. Even then, I think Tyron Matthews fourth. So you go into a team knowing that you are not going to be the top five guy in the locker room. I can I can understand why maybe somebody who wants to stay on the team with Juju. He he had offers to make more money elsewhere. A lot more money. I think it's smart for him to go back to Pittsburgh because one, the fans love him. The organization, eh. So why not go back to a team that you know you already know the system. You already know Ben Roethlisberger said he's returning. You have the ability to play with Patrick Mahomes, but you're not going to be the number one wide receiver. And you are in Pittsburgh with maybe Chase Claypool well, being that one guy or two guys. I think he is. Him and Chase are probably, depending on who you ask, wide receiver one versus two. But one is not substantially better than the other. Mm -hmm. With Juju, though, they're going to need some more offensive help. I, that's great that you want to stay with Big Ben, 
But if you guys can't get a running back in this draft, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we did our mock draft, I I selected a running back for Pittsburgh. They need some offensive help because that defense, as great as it is, if you can't muster to get some offensive points, you're not going to – I mean, they didn't make it to the playoffs. And, and speaking of the draft, if you guys want us to do the draft post-free agency, message us on Twitter or Instagram at the Dan and Drew Show. We'll do an updated uh, mock draft for you if that's what you want. But we're talking about big-name wide receivers. Kenny Galladay signed a four-year contract with the New York Giants, $72 million. That's a lot of money for somebody who missed majority of the season last year. I love Kenny Galladay. I drafted him super early in my fantasy draft. I'm very high on him. Selfishly, I wanted him on our team. Mm. That didn't happen. Dory Jackson goes to New York as well. Helps that Logan Ryan basically... uh, Said, hey, come up here. Recruited him. Yeah, recruited him. Deshaun Jackson going to the Rams. Will Fuller signing a one-year deal, $10 million with Miami. Kyle Fuller going to Denver, playing back with Vic Fangio. One-year, $9.5 million deal. Did we talk about Justin Simmons last week? I don't know if we did. But he, anyways, he signed, re-signed with the Denver Broncos. I talked talked about him. Okay, just making sure. And transition, the NBA, really the biggest news is LeBron James has a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out indefinitely. The Lakers are not hurting. Yes, he's the best player on the planet. They'll be fine without him. The NBA is not competitive anyways. It's extremely top-heavy. You have about five or six teams that win, and then the others are just like, they're there to to make TV deals and I mean, you know, what, merchandise or whatever. They're, they're not even relevant. What are sites like ESPN going to do with LeBron out? What kind of content are they going to be able to create? What uh, what color brace does LeBron have on his ankle? Understandably, what you're saying, ESPN, they love LeBron James. So does some networks who have their morning talk shows. They are obsessed with LeBron James. I, get I just want these sports networks to know that there are more not NBA only, players. There are more NBA players, but there are more sports out there. Okay, <laughs> that's why I'm really hoping uh, that ESPN, now that they have secured at least half of the rights for NHL, that they showcase that sport more. It's one of the few sports that that during COVID, it went extremely well this past season when they created the bubble uh, in, in Canada, worked really well. And, um, you know, the season was able to progress with without any type of issues. Uh, but nevertheless... We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of the break, we're going to break down March Madness. What, I mean, if there's any way to sum up what has happened this past weekend, it is truly madness. Let's get back at it. It's time for more of the Dan and Drew Show. All right, Drew, let me ask you, how busted was your bracket? It was pretty busted. Now, I I am someone that... that excels when it comes to brackets is March Madness. Well, I've, I've always done well with it. I'm always either, I remember two years we had over like 30 or something people back to back years. I won it. This year was a little different. Now I picked Iowa because I think Iowa has the best player in college basketball, in my opinion. I think Luca Garza top to bottom is the best player. He can shoot the three. He can post up. He can drive. He can shoot mid range. He's got it all. That's why I paid Iowa to win it all. Because how how it's hard to play against a team that has such a versatile big man and has very good successful pieces around them. This is probably McCaffrey's best. McCaffrey's a head coach of Iowa. This is probably his best overall team that he's he's coached. And I really liked Iowa going into this. Now I didn't see that Oregon was gonna 
basically win their first round matchup by default yeah. because VCU it actually, had. It surprisingly, it was the only game that. It was, was the uh, only game mm-hmm. where a team did not play the first round. Oregon automatically advanced. So their first game was against Iowa, and they shot over 55% in that game. So obviously, I can't predict this when I'm making my bracket, but I think or I, I think Iowa just got the short straw. But this has been a bracket full of madness. And I was looking at yours, Dan. Yours is in a much better position it than mine because you it still is. have Baylor in it. Mm-hmm. My team's but already out. I am. Um, I have two brackets. And, and the I said last week I've never felt so disconnected from March Madness as I do this season. And that was, I think, a lot of fans feel that way. We, in the, in the first round, round of 64, we weren't even halfway through the games being played before there were zero perfect brackets yeah. left. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's 9.2 trillion different ways that you can come up with a combination, but before even half of the first round games are played, every single person is, is has been screwed over. Yeah. Um, I did only two brackets this year, and both of my brackets, I have Baylor and Alabama in the finals. One I picked Baylor, the other I picked Alabama, and I'm still sitting pretty because uh, they're yeah. both in it. And um, This was the first year I only did one bracket. Normally yeah. I have about five or six. I have mm-hmm. brackets, okay, here's what I want to happen. Here's what I think will happen. And then just randomness, because if you can have it over nine trillion different ways, sometimes that, randomness can get you far. Let me, let, let's just have a little bit of context of how big 9.2 trillion is. I, I read this stat. If every single person on earth, 7 billion people, if every single person on earth filled out one bracket for every minute, it would take 2,500 years My God. for 7 billion people to do one bracket a minute. 2,500 years. That's how big that number is. That's like almost, depending who you ask, it's basically the beginning of mankind, yeah. but that is wild stat. Yeah. Thanks for providing that. But You're yeah, let me Let me look at the Sweet 16 teams. These are the games in order as far as when, when they will, you know, these teams will be played. Sorry. You have the 12 seed Oregon State going against Loyola Chicago. Did I not say last week, Dan, that I said Loyola, they might make another run. I well, said that. Sister Jean. You got Sister Jean. She's 101 years old. Yes. Uh, no, almost 100. Yeah, she's almost 102. No, no. She, yeah, yeah, she's 101. Mm-hmm. So 12 against the A seed. Then you have Villanova, five seed against Baylor, one seed. Then Oral Roberts. Hello. 15 seed, baby. Sweet 16. I like, you know what Oral Roberts University is. I mean, the initials are, you know what the initials are. And someone's like, oh, uh, Ohio State is going to advance. And they put their jersey and said, oh, are you? Yeah. Like, that's just, yeah. I thought that was funny. Well, it's, uh, I think it was Kevin Harlan. I can't remember. I believe it was him. But when they beat Ohio State, he was like, and the Oral Roberts University mm-hmm. is advancing. And I love that. It's a little cheap shot to OSU and, and Vince. And my wife, she's from Columbus. So I, when she came home, I said, I bet your family is so mad right now because they got pooped on Oral Roberts against Arkansas, then Syracuse against Houston. So that'll take place on Saturday, the 27th. Then you have the 28th Sunday, five Creighton against one Gonzaga, four Florida State against one Michigan, 11 seed UCLA, which if you look at our our social media, I had UCLA going to the Sweet 16. They're playing number two seed Alabama, and then you have the seven seed Oregon against USC, the six seed, which is going to be a great game because if you look at football, Oregon and USC are a good rival. Basketball, not so much. I think this is a solid group of remaining teams. 
If you ask me, hey, Drew, who are you rooting for to win and all? I'm going ORU. I'm going for a 15 seed. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't. Well, we also didn't think they would get out of the first round. So. Exactly. But it, well, Loyola Chicago, though, on the other hand, I, I'm rooting for them as well. So on social media, Drew and I last week on Instagram, we posted our brackets. And Drew, your final four, you had Iowa, who's no longer in, West Virginia. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was so mad because West Virginia, I was like, this team is the, is a tournament team that can compete. And I and I wasn't even thinking about this, and we even talked about it. None of these teams have to travel. Mm-hmm. Why? And I'm, I'm not even kidding. This went into why I picked West Virginia. West Virginia, the amount of traveling they have to do for their own conference is some of the, some of the most traveling that any team in the country has to do. So I said, oh, th- this team knows how to travel. And even though we talked about it, they played in a bubble and their traveling doesn't even matter. So my own yeah. way of thinking did not even make sense it, it when I picked It worked against them. you. So yeah. uh, two of your final four are no longer in. Yeah. Uh, I had Gonzaga, still in. Alabama, still in. Baylor, still in. Uh, the only one that I got wrong was San Diego State. That just I don't know why you picked was, them. When I looked at that, I was a little perplexed. Uh, well, I, reflecting on it, I had them beating Illinois in mm-hmm. the, the Elite Eight. And, well... <laughs> Illinois is not in it either. So, uh, but hey, I got three of my four still in, baby. So we'll, we'll see a, what happens. And a lot of my picks that I did, a lot of the first round games that I didn't get correct, the teams only lost by a possession or two. So my picks made sense. They just a lot of teams couldn't finish the game. I'm really upset about Oregon beating Iowa because I thought Iowa, when you score 80 points, you think, oh, this team's going to win. Here's here's the ironic thing with that. My team name for my bracket in the group that we're playing is Zero Ducks Given, and I don't even have them going this far into yeah. the uh, <laughs> into the tournament. So uh, they're uh, sticking in my eyes. So uh, the Oregon Ducks, yes, they they took down Iowa, and this is it'll be another great weekend of March Madness, and this is a great opportunity for people to. Uh, COVID just has people inside a lot, and and March Madness is always a great thing to watch and in some normalcy. I was listening to our local radio yesterday. One of the guys on there said, I'm not watching March Madness. This is the first time I haven't watched it. I'm not doing it. And I said, wait, you, you're not watching due to the circumstances? He's like, I've watched it every year, just not this year. I think this year is great because, one, you're not having these teams having to travel. They're playing in the bubble. Now, I understand the players are not liking the bubble. I get that. Mm. But also, like, not having the fans in an aspect of you can hear everything on the court. They're not a distraction. They do make a an influence in how teams perform. Yeah, I, I think that we, we've talked about the importance of fans in college sports. And I guess the tournament's a little different just because they're not playing in their own arenas. But that's a vital part, fans in college basketball. But I know who you're talking about on our local station. This is the same guy who said that he's putting an asterisk against every champion that has happened during COVID. That's stupid. As if somehow, yes, baseball was shortened last year. Hockey was shortened last year. Basketball was shortened last year. But just because the season is shorter doesn't mean it's easier. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually harder. Because you're in a situation, let's let's take hockey, because that's what we're going to talk about later in the program today, is they were in a bubble. For over two months. For over two months in Canada last year. Couldn't have their families there. 
two months that you are with people every single day, you're playing a game either back to back or every other day in the same environment. And they couldn't do anything because they were in a bubble. Mm -hmm. Same with the NBA. And so somehow you're going to put an asterisk as if that's yeah. easier for people to, I'm the mental fortitude it takes. There were some players who opted out. I know that, um, Tuka Rask with the, the Bruins, he ended up opting out because he's like, I got to be with my family. Like yeah. this is, it's a long period I, to be away. I think that is unfair for someone to say that they're going to put asterisks against champions. The only asterisk that belongs is maybe the Houston Astros, but that's a debate for another day. And the guy that Dane and I listen to him every morning and their opinions for a reason. Not everybody agrees with Stephen A. Smith. Not everybody agrees with Skip Bayless. No. That's why yeah. people tune in because of their opinions, even if they're good or bad. And the fact that you're going to put an asterisk by the championship doesn't make sense because guess what, Dan, every team in almost every league had the same opportunity. So it's not like one team had an advantage over another. They all had an equal shot at winning the championship. And I agree mm -hmm. to every point you made this. It was extremely hard for teams to be successful within the bubble. And not only that, I look at baseball last year. They weren't in the bubble. They still had to travel mm -hmm. last season when the Dodgers ended up winning. You're, the, there's more pressure on you because you don't have a bubble that keeps you protected from the outside. So you still have to be mindful of making sure that you are be cognizant of who you were around, what you were doing so that you don't potentially get infected or spread it to your other teammates. Yeah. Whether, whether you agree with the logistics of COVID and all that, the thing is you are working for an employer that is set perimeters and regulations and schedules that you have to abide by. That's a stressful in itself. The fact that NFL players had to, it was like what, seven o'clock in the morning, every single day, even during the bye week you had to get tested after a while that gets old, but transitioning from, from, you know, March madness, let's get into hockey. We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Show break. Got social media. Got social media. Give Dan and drew a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Dan and drew show. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back at the Dan and Drew Show. Thank you so much for listening. Now, we're going to transition to hockey. Now, earlier, Dan, I said, for some reason, I said squid in, in catfish. What I really mean, catfish in an octopus. Sorry for insulting the fans that you're representing here today. But for Sorry for, for all you calamari lovers out there yeah, for offending you. I apologize. But Dan, for, for individuals who don't know what a catfish and an octopus represent, can you enlighten them? Just give them a little history. Yes. So hockey, this is very prevalent in hockey. Anytime the national anthem, once it's finished or after a goal is scored, you may find certain items on the ice. The catfish and the octopus, well, there are some franchises that they chuck it on the ice. So in Nashville, you chuck a catfish. In Detroit, you chuck an octopus. In Miami for the Florida Panthers, you chuck a plastic rat. Uh, and that's what uh, Drew was, was mentioning. And that's just a great tradition for hockey. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago when Nashville was playing Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup Finals. I think it was 2017. There was an away game in Pittsburgh. And authorities in Pittsburgh said absolutely no catfish are allowed inside the arena. Even local grocers said you have to be a Pennsylvania resident to purchase catfish. You have to show your ID. 
I mean, this is serious, folks. This this is a true story. And there was this Nashville fan who, I think he's actually a lawyer. He went to the arena, but he took his own catfish. He saran wrapped it so it wouldn't be detected by with smell. He stuffed it in his jacket and he went to the arena and then he chucked it on the ice. Now, he ended up getting arrested. And, and, and lawyers in Nashville wanted to represent him because this was such a big deal. Nashville was down in the series. They needed a little oomph from the from the team because they weren't performing well. And it, and for a moment, it did rejuvenate them just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they lost in, in six games, four to two. But Nashville, I love seeing the catfish and the octopus get on the ice because one, they're real. Now, Dane mentioned yeah. that the rats in Miami are plastic. Teams, some fans can get creative because they throw, throw the octopus and the catfish on the ice and they'll have like little hats, like cowboy hats or you know, wearing little jerseys or whatever. I, I know funny. Nashville, they had someone checked one on the ice that had a mask on for COVID. Oh yeah. And, and people in Nashville and Detroit, they embrace it. When you throw an octopus or catfish on the ice, it, it pumps the team up. But as far as breaking down the teams, now Dan mentioned in the very beginning of the podcast, the hockey season is halfway point for some teams over halfway point for some others. There's some teams that have already played 33 games and then some that have only played 28. Yeah, it's just the way the yeah, schedule been uh, shakes out. You know, with COVID, there have been some delays. But Or Vancouver, they played 36 games. Yeah, it's just, um, well, at the Canada, time of recording. Yeah, too. at the time of the recording, and we're around the middle section of the season. There are only 56 games this year for the NHL. There's typically 82. You know, we thought this would be a, f- a fitting spot to do hockey. And first, you know, Drew, this past season, I think this is common within sports to kind of uh, garner some fan attention and also to make a quick buck, is Adidas, they released retro jerseys for all 31 teams. Yeah. Now, the Seattle Seattle Kraken, they don't start until this upcoming season. So at this point, there's still only 31 teams. A reverse retro jersey is just what it sounds like. You take a retro jersey with the fan base and you reverse it. It's usually a color pattern or logo, but Drew and I thought it would be fun to give our list. And and I'll preface this, what sparked this, and I told Dan that I wanted to do this idea to rank them from our our top five favorite and our top worst, is because the Nashville Predators were playing the other night and I saw the reverse retro and I was like, barf. So that's what sparked it. So we're, we're going to give our own ranking within this. We're also going to talk about the teams in a little bit as far as who the best team is right now and break down the rankings. And, you know, hockey, they, they're, some people call them jerseys, but little hockey reference, they're called sweaters. sweaters. We call them sweaters. So if you look at a hockey game, you'll see some reverse sweaters on there, some throwbacks, some third jerseys, and, you know, home and away. So, so, so Drew, who is your, I guess you could say, the best of the worst so my best of the worst, I have to go first with the Vancouver Canucks. I hate gradient jerseys. You know my opinions with the Atlanta Falcons. I cannot stand the Falcons jersey. I do not like gradient jerseys. I, I don't think they're creative at all. I think that they are just a wash. They don't look good. And then I think there's too much white, too many stripes and crap. I don't like the Vancouver Canucks, so I put them at the best of the worst. Yeah, I also don't like gradient. I think that's... When I think of gradient, I think of something you do in clip art or something we did in uh, in the 90s when computers just came out, but, you know, internet was still a fad. 
So my best to worst, it's actually not a bad jersey, but with the concept of reverse retro, it's bad. And that's the New York Islanders. It's a great jersey, but not for this concept. They missed the mark badly. You had one job, and that was to get the fishermen. Every fan out there wanted the Islanders to get their old fisherman logo back on the jersey. And essentially what they did was they took their home jersey and just flipped the stripes. Yeah, well, I was also going to say they just it looks like they just made the middle logo bigger. Yeah. It, they didn't do much to and it at all. They 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 flipped their white and orange on the bottom of the jersey. It was a like I said, it's not a bad jersey, but for this concept, it's not very good. You, and talking about some of these teams, they have so much history, but they went in the completely wrong direction with their history. There are some teams like the, the Vegas Knights, Golden Knights. <laughs> that's that's hard. The team has only been in existence for three years. Mm-hmm. They had so, to create quote unquote create a retro jersey because they're still a new franchise. Yeah. So, and then you have some teams like the original six who have so much history, but I don't think they went the right way. So next for me. Well, hold on. Well, speaking of a long history, I I, I want to go with playing off that. My number four, I said Toronto. They are one of the original six, but that is not a reverse retro jersey. <laughs> it is bland in all aspects the of it. The stripes on the sleeve are hideous. It's it's a lot of gray and a lot of blue, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's not retro. If you look at their logo, it has changed minuscule amount since their creation as a hockey team. Why not go with the St. Pat's thing? Why not go green? That's what you were the Toronto St. Pat's before you became the Maple Leaves. Mm-hmm. I know that's their current third jersey, but that's primarily white. Why don't you make the whole thing green? And go with a reverse retro. Well, they have a St. Patrick's jersey. Like I know, but saying. it's primarily white with green oh, accents. Saying. I'm yeah. saying go full green. You need to go because they have the same logo for 100 years. So that was a bad miss for Toronto. But you're number four, Drew. My number four has to go with the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm. This looks like their normal jersey, except a little, it's, you know. It's too much. A little subtle. It, I don't like the sleeves of black on there. It doesn't look good. It just looks like what they did is they took stripes. They took five jerseys, Dan, and they cut out each piece of the jersey and then they slapped together one jersey. It does uh, not good. That actually, I mean that that seems about right. Yeah, and when I mean jersey, obviously Daniel talked about being a sweater, so I apologize. Sweater. But transitioning out, my third worst is the Detroit Red Wings. It's white and silver and red. That's it. It does not look good at all. It's super bland. I would much rather for them to not even put the silver on there, on the elbows and on the bottom. Again, they're going back to an original six team. Now, their logo hasn't tr- you know changed all that much, but I think there is some flexibility they, they could have done other than this thing that Adidas put out. My, my third spot are the Winnipeg Jets. Now, a little hockey history. There have been two instances that we've had the Winnipeg Jets, but it's not from the same city. The Arizona Coyotes were the old Winnipeg Jets. The current Winnipeg Jets used to be the Atlanta Thrashers, which was they were an organization that I think dismantled in 2010, 2011. The Winnipeg Jets, it is way too much gray on this jersey. I kind of like it. Uh, it's it's too much gray. And I, why didn't you go with the Thrashers theme? That was that's who you were. That's what the team used to be. Go retro. I kind of like the gray within the Jets. I don't like the sleeves, but I, I do like that they stepped outside of the box. My next second to worst, easily the St. Louis Blues. 
I do not like it at all. A lot of people actually put them in their top five. For favorite? For favorite. I don't like it. It doesn't look good. It looks like something that you get at like McDonald's or something. The 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 yellow and the strings and the blue uh, just to me doesn't look good. I, I don't think it's uh, among one of the worst. They did what re- reverse retro is. They made it red when that tr- that jersey's traditionally blue. But my number two spot, I have Detroit. You mentioned them at your number three. I, I think they're even worse than your what you think. This is another instance. Detroit does not have a, a long logo history in terms of variations. They've had the same logo since 1986. It's white and silver, which is gross. It's just too plain. Why not make a black? Make a black jersey cool. and put some and, and put red as your primary color on it. But Detroit's one of those teams. They like to. They're like the Yankees. They like to keep everything yes, as traditional as very possible. Traditional. You know, they don't even have captains. Like they, they just they want to keep it. And they're the only plain team. Jane. They're the only team in the league who does their nameplates on the back with an arch. Yeah, they they have to be real unique. I've got Detroit at number two. Who's your number one? My number one is easily the one that sparked this whole debate, the Nashville Predators. I cannot stay in this sweater. I don't like how the silver, the sleeves, it points to an arrow. Yeah, I don't like that so the saber tooth, the saber tooth is one of the coolest logos in the NHL, and you completely missed on it. There were so many creative things they could have done with it. First of all, get away from the gold. I think Nashville needs to transition away from the gold. The silver, the gold, the navy... The white, it just, and the, the captaincy on the chest does not look good either. It looks like a different Navy. Well, I don't like it all together. So I agree that the arrow on the hip just looks stupid. But again, what are, what are we talking about? We're talking about reverse retro. Mm-hmm. So why are you going with another gold jersey? Your home jersey is already gold. Why aren't you going with a Navy jersey or a silver jersey? They're old Navy where it was checkered on the bottom with the saber tooth. Where it was their the skeleton, jersey. yeah, their old third jersey where it was a skeleton saber tooth, that was money. So I, I wouldn't put Nashville in my top five worst, but they surely are not one of the best. Uh, that was a miss. That it's reverse retro. Why are you going with a second gold jersey? Okay, so the last I've got Dallas at number one. That that is single handedly the worst jersey. No. Yes, it is. You know I, why it's the worst? Because like, you can't read it. You can't read what it says. They're yeah, on the nope nope uh, oops, they're on the ice. And if I can't read that it says Dallas or stars on the front, you've missed it. There's nothing wrong with the the silver and the white for them, but put the letters in green. I can't read what your jersey <laughs> says. The sweater on the ice uh, looks it looks plain because there's I can't read what it says. I like, on the I front. like that the green star that they have in the middle to make out the A. I do think, though, that Dallas... And it just looks like a big old A because you can't read anything around it. I think Dallas could have gone a much different direction. Uh, some of their throwbacks, like when they won the Stanley Cup, incorporate some of those jerseys. Even their neon and black jersey, I think looks better than this thing, but it's not my top five as far as worse in the NHL. Okay, that was our top five worst. Now, our best jerseys, the best retro jerseys. Drew, who is your worst of the best and number five? So my number five, I have to go with the Chicago Blackhawks. I really mm-hmm. think it's clean. I think the Blackhawks have a exceptional logo. It's mm-hmm. super clean. I love it. I love any sweaters that are black. I think it just looks good on the ice. The the kind of the traditional, the circle around the chest it looks really good. I'm not crazy enough about the the stripes on the, you know, the elbow of the sleeves. 
but I think it's a clean jersey. So I debated uh, whether to put the Canadians here, who I like their their blue jersey because that truly is a reverse retro because they don't have a blue jer- they don't have a blue sweater mm-hmm. in their history. This is the first blue sweater that uh, Montreal has. But I actually went with Chicago as well at number five. That black sweater is so clean, and with the old logo, it's really a nice crisp jersey. So I have them at number five. There's a lot of sweaters on here that I really loved, but they just didn't make the top five. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. really high on like, I think the Buffalo Sabres is a clean the jersey. Butter knives, the butter knives on the front. Yeah, I like them. You know, Arizona, I didn't want to go Arizona or Anaheim because those those look like you. They you look like to, cartoons. Yeah, they look like you get them off like a bootleg website and, <laughs> yeah, and you purchase do. the jerseys. I like them, but not for what Reverse Retro is doing. I think the Capitals also... Oh, actually, speaking of the Capitals, they're my number four. So the Capitals... The Screaming Eagle? Yes, the Screaming Eagle is a fantastic logo. I love the incorporation of bringing it back. Fans love it. it when when I think of the Screaming Eagle, I think of Alex Ovechkin and his rookie season. When, when he's wearing that black one, oh, it's money. But I love that they went the red route. It's a clean logo. I don't like the capitals that's on the bottom that kind of slanted going up. I think they could have done without that, but it's a it's a very really nice sweater. And if you happen to follow the capitals on Twitter, they just said that they've already played all their games for the season with reverse retro jerseys. And half of the season is still to play. And it's so funny because people, capital fans in the comments were like, we can't even order the jersey and you guys have already stopped. That's the thing about doing these special jerseys. I looked at the Adidas website, and these fans are, are right. There are a lot of teams that the jerseys are sold out. Fans can't even buy the jersey before the teams have already stopped wearing them for the season. That That's is frustrating. so frustrating. It yeah. is all about money, and it's um, it's ridiculous. But number four, I have the Colorado Avalanche. If you look at the Colorado Avalanche, you may look at that jersey and say, what the heck is on that jersey? Nordiques. And a little hockey history, the Colorado Avalanche used to be the Quebec Nordiques. And the jersey... Still frustrated they don't have a team yet. Yeah. They need to go back to putting a team up there. uh, The logo is an igloo with a hockey stick and a puck. So it's just a little abstract, if you will. But they hit the nail on the head. I don't have them as my number one just because it's a primarily white jersey. But the Florida Sail that they have at the bottom of the jersey Mm -hmm. and the Nordiques logo with the avalanche colors, it's so clean and crisp. I've got Colorado at number four. And... They're actually my number three. So I agree with everything you say. I like the captain C being the blue of the, you know, the hockey puck and the outward of the igloo. I really like the classic touch that the avalanche decided to go with. So my number three, I've actually got the Kings, the Kings with the slap shot here. They, the purple and the yellow with the old logo, it's perfection. I got Kings at number three. And, and those kind of go with my honorable mention that I was talking about earlier. I really like the Kings. I like purple as far as uniforms like, for instance, our, our local high school team here, we're, we're watching the lacrosse playoffs, and the team is purple and black. And they're, oh, they're, their color combination with anything purple just, just works. It doesn't matter what it is unless it's, like, blue. My number two, and I think this is one of the best logos in all of sports. I guarantee you we have Go the ahead. same team at number two then. If you're saying it's the best sport, the logo in all of sports, I guarantee you we have the same team. So we'll we'll just say the team name in three, two, no, wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. Not the city name, just the, yeah, the, the okay. team name. Okay. 
Three, two, two one. Hurricanes. Wow. No. What? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I guarantee. Think, where's my money? Wait, 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 wait. Where's wait. my money? Wait, you think that the Wild have the best logo I in all of love, sports? I love their logo. The reason why. No, 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 no. You I've have, got the Hurricanes at number two, buddy. It's a hurricane. There's not one of the best logos in sports. Uh, it's the, the Whalers. Minis- oh, They've got the I'm, Whalers. I'm not talking about that. As far as my number two, I have Minnesota. This logo is so clean because the mouth is the river within Minnesota. Then you have the trees. The star is the eyeball. Like, it's so clean. And this jersey, uh, I love the green and the white and the gold or yellow, however you want to call it. But I just, the reason why they're here is because I love that logo. And I love the the color alteration that they decided to go with as far as a reverse retro. So num- my number two, I wouldn't say that Minnesota has the best logo. I actually think the team that went with the reverse for number two. But has, it's not their main logo. It's not their main logo, which is a travesty. The Carolina Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes have their old, they used to be the Hartford Whalers. The Hartford Whalers logo is by far the best logo in all of sports. The reason why they're at number two is because they went grayscale on this jersey. I wish they had just kept the green. I know that it's supposed to be reverse of a retro, but nevertheless, the Carolina Hurricanes, they went with their old Hartford Whalers logo. I have them at number two it, because they are, have the best logo. They, they have a great logo. And think about Carolina. Their Hurricanes jerseys or sweaters are... Ugh. I like them. Ugh. They're Ugh. black. Oh, that, but that's good. That, they have so many different combinations. I, Ooh, I like the black money. I like the black one and it has the hurricane warning flags. I just sure. don't like the eye. That's logo. fine. But you the have multiple. Eye. What I'm saying is Carolina has multiple sweaters that are easily in the top 15 in, in all of sweaters. And the Canes are one of the only teams in the league that all four of the jerseys that they're currently using are four different logos. Because the home jersey, you have the the eye, the hurricane eye, mm-hmm. and then the away just says canes on it. Yeah, and then the the black jersey has the warning flags, and then their reverse retro has the whalers. So yeah. it's four different logos. They're they're clean in how they whoever does their logos or branding, extremely creative. Obviously, they didn't you do the logo for the Hartford Whalers, but they're actually my number one. I have the Hurricanes reverse retro as my number one. Logo is exceptional. I love the gray jersey. It's clean all together. I don't like the, there's, you know, you got five different stripes on the bottom or six. Yeah, it's six different stripes on the bottom. I think that's a little too much, but it's a classic logo. Love the gray. They did a great job. You and I, Drew, actually switched on our first and second spots. I have Minnesota at number one. Oh, wow. Now, I don't think that they have the wow. best logo in all of sports. Said it's one a, of, it, if not the best. It's a Pump great logo. It is, but I think the Whalers is a better logo. The reason why Minnesota is here at number one, even though it is a white jersey, which is what I knocked Colorado for, it's because Minnesota did the only right answer here. The Dallas Stars used to be in Minnesota as the North Stars, and the color palette that the Minnesota Wild are using are the old colors for the Stars. Yeah. So they truly did reverse retro. They took the that, old colors and then the new logo. They took the old colors yeah. with the new logo and made a very clean, crisp jersey. I love that shade of green. It's lighter than their normal green. They have yellow. It's not gold. It's yellow. I have Minnesota at number one with See, the best there's, jersey. There's about 10 or 12 teams that did a really good job. They hit the mark on this. Then there's a lot of teams, even more than my bottom five of the list, that, that completely missed it. And... I'm not a huge fan of Adidas to begin with, 
I think what they've done since they've taken over branding within the NHL, I don't like it at all. Mm. I want to see Nike take over the NHL and see how they would do. And I'm wondering if when the the deal with Adidas expires in a couple of years, if maybe Nike will come in. Well, it used to be Reebok, and then a couple of years ago, Adidas took over. And so, of course, all the teams got new jerseys, and it was very underwhelming yeah. with the, a lot of the changes. And the th- same thing with the reverse retro. It's a great concept, and they had some real, real great sweaters, but there was a lot of misses. And it's not a hard concept of reverse retro. There are some teams out there that don't even have third jerseys. And so this this is truly it, and they only wear it a handful. And like I said, there are some teams that have already worn it for the rest of the season, even though we're only halfway through. But as we're sitting here talking about teams, Dan, we know that the Seattle Kraken is going to be coming in next year. It's going to take it from 31 to 32 teams. I love that the game is evolving and it's growing. Should the NHL keep the current divisions? Like, do you think... And it, if, if anybody doesn't know, there's four divisions right now. There's the Central, the East, the West, and the North, which I don't know why they didn't just go South, but that doesn't matter. The North Division is all Canadian teams. With Seattle coming in, obviously that some of the teams would have to shift. What do you think? Here's my opinion on that. I like the current alignment and for this simple reason, because I'm not having to wait for my team to do a 1030 puck drop. Okay, yeah. because, because the team that Andrew and I root for has been shifted to the East Coast, which makes the most sense because it's it's on the east side of the Mississippi River, is that we actually get appropriate puck drops instead of seeing them at 10 or 10.30 at night. However, the problem with keeping the North Division together mm-hmm. with all of Canada is because they have four time zones that they have to be worried about. So you have Ottawa on the very east, and then you have Vancouver on the very west. That's great to have all the Canadian teams together, but looking at the time zone, that's a lot of traveling for these teams to be doing. Yeah, yeah. and I and I, I think they absolutely should keep how current divisions are. Now, these divisions, they make the most sense other than the Canadian teams you mentioned it just being so far because it's stretching all of Canada. But I, I really like the divisions because of the primary purpose of why they implemented them. It's, it limits traveling. It helps with cutting down cost. You, you have a closer proximity of teams playing with one another. I really like it. So I asked Dan, I said, Dan, let's do a division realignment. We did it with the NFL. Let's do it with the NHL. So let me ask you, Dan, I'll let you go first. Tell me kind of your format that you would do and how you would break it down. So Drew, my realignments, it's very simple. Do it based off of geography. Put all the West Coast teams together, all the Central America teams together, all the Southern teams together, and all the Northern teams together. I don't even have to go through the 32 teams. That's just the best way to do it. Well, well, let me ask you this about Colorado, because they're in the middle of nowhere. I put it with the closest Central teams. It would be Dallas, Minnesota, Winnipeg. They're already in the Central so Division. So what are you doing? Just keep them there. Because you have four divisions, but then you have some teams that are on the East Coast, but also could fall into the North. So what about So the, I said that's why you would have northern teams on the east coast and southern teams on the east coast. Well, for me, I kind of wanted the similar route with you, Dan, but I only went with three. I, I said the east, central, and the west. What the NHL has done right now to implement the new divisions, we enjoy the teams being in close proximity. It helps evolve the league with not having to, you're not spending so much money on traveling and cost and 
you can build greater rivalries because you're not having to play so many games outside of your own division. I think breaking it down into three, it allows for more flexibility because you have more teams. Like it would be 11, 11, and 10 because there'll be 32 teams next year. Obviously with the Kraken coming in, they would be on the West division. When I looked at all these, and I'll just name the Central because then you can break up the East and the West. The Central division would be loaded. The Panthers, Lightnings, and Hurricanes, by the way, those are the top three teams right now. Predators, Blues, Stars, Capitals, Blue Jackets, Flyers, Penguins. That's my central. It would create a lot of, I think, really good rivalries because some of these teams are really young as far as their history. And it would, I think it would be good for the sport. You know, realignment, is, it's a fun exercise and for us to sit here and wish for a realignment. And we'll, and we'll with, put, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Dan. We'll put our realignment on social media to encourage you to go there. We won't name all 32 teams. Just go on social media and Dan and I will post a graphic of what we would do. Mm -hmm. And a, a realignment is great, but here's why I think that it will go back to the way it normally is done. Because first and foremost, rivalries, rivalry in sports, it's a, it's a great thing. And there are some teams that have a long history of rivalries and there are some that just started before COVID got here. So Montreal and Boston, they have a great rivalry, but they're not playing this year because the Canadian teams are playing in Canada and not in the U.S. And one that was just established right before COVID hit was Carolina and Washington. They they don't have, they're not, they don't like each other. Yeah. And I think that those were going to be the two teams for the uh, stadium series that got canceled uh, this past year. The second thing is, because Drew and I live on the East Coast, because we only play within our division right now, to be honest with you, Drew, unless I'm doing research, I don't know what's going on on the West Coast. Yeah, they, they play I, I so late. I, they play so late, and they don't play any teams on the East Coast. So because of that, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on unless I am act, actively looking for West Coast teams because they're not playing. I'm, I'm literally asleep by the yes. time puck drops for these teams. Mm -hmm. Not kidding. So I agree with what you're saying because – if our East Coast team plays a West Coast team, we're more inclined to stay up and watch it. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that point. So that that's the, that's the concept that makes it real hard to keep the the divisions the way they are now. But to break down, because we are halfway through the season, let's talk about the top four teams in each division. The way the playoffs are working this year is that the top four in each division go to the playoffs. No wildcard teams. No wildcard teams. It's 16 of the 31 teams will be going to the playoffs. Must so, be nice for the North division because <laughs> there's only seven teams in the North. Yeah, so that that is true. Well, let's actually start there. The North division, all Canadian team, if you will. We got Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Montreal. And so, Drew, what kind of stands out to you with these four teams? What what has gotten them to this point, or what do they need to do if they want to excel in going to the playoffs? As far as these four teams, the team that I would go for right now, there's two teams. Well, first, Toronto, they're playing great hockey. I really like Edmonton, but my caveat to them is they don't have a good it's, defense. It's the same Edmonton. You have a great first and second line, but then the depth just and, and their And their defense, yeah. It's, where are they? Because I have not seen them. A lot, lot to be desired there on the defense. So Toronto, this is the best hockey that they've played probably since your and I's existence, Dan. And that's not this really saying true. much. This is true. I really like Toronto to, for them to go deep only because Edmonton, until they figure out the defensive struggles, I can't buy into them. 
Well, you know, with Toronto, they need some goalie help. If they want to be sustainable, that's their biggest problem. Austin Matthews, he's playing in another realm right now. Finally him, showing up. Him and him and Connor McDavid, they're just tearing up the North Division. Toronto, that that's that's your main problem. You need some goalie help. Edmonton, for them, they've scored the most goals in the league. They've scored 116 goals. That's averaging 3.4 goals a game. It's a lot. That's a lot of goals. That shows you just how dominant their offense is but their defense does need help. They're the only team. Here's a fun fact, Drew. They're the only team in the league that does not have an overtime loss. We're halfway through the season and they have yet to get a loss in overtime. That shows you how consistent they are in regulation and how dominant they are in overtime as a team. Cause that's, that's two points right there, baby. Not just one. You get mm-hmm. two. And we're sitting here talking about the jets and the Canadians. I'll be honest, Dan, I'm not worried about them. They're there because four teams squeak in and because Vancouver, yeah. Calgary, and Ottawa are so are bad. So bad. Correct. So when I'm not hit. worried about them too. It's between Toronto and Edmonton, mm-hmm. and I'm still going Toronto because they are playing really good hockey. Winnipeg, you need to get a defenseman by the trade deadline. Montreal, where's Carey Price? He's one of the best goalies. He's a Hall of Fame goalie. Old. This that's is where he is. Yeah, he's probably he's yeah, halfway out to retirement. That's probably it. Carey Price, please show up because uh, that's why Montreal is barely squeaking into the playoffs. But that's the North Division, the Canadian Division. Let's you, transition to the West. I was going to say, you want to go out West? Let's go out West. Let's go back to our roots, California. In this order, the well, Knights... Funny thing is, there's no California team on this list. That is, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't even notice that. So the Golden Knights are first. They lead with 45 points. Then you have the Avalanche, Wild, and Blues. Of those four teams, Dan, is there one that really speaks out to you? Because for me... I think any of these four teams can win on any given night. This is true. Um, you know, Vegas, the reason why they're in this spot is they have a great first line, but their MVP, bar none, is Mark andre Fleury. Oh, yeah. Robin Leonard, he's been injured, and my gosh, put the team on your back, Mark andre and that is the biggest mistake that Pittsburgh has ever made was letting him go. I, I cannot, I still cannot believe they decided to move on from him. Why did you not protect him? Why did you allow him to go to Vegas? Ever since he has left, look at Pittsburgh. How, how much have they declined? Uh, now, right now, they are sitting in a playoff position right now, mm-hmm. but they are not going to advance far in the playoffs. And I'm going to foreshadow here, Dan, even though Marc-Andre Fleury is playing on his head and he's, he's the reason why Vegas is in this position, he is not my front runner for Vesna Trophy. Foreshadowing. I'll talk to you in a minute about it. Well, I, I have an idea. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse my voice. I have an idea of uh, who you may have, but Colorado, second on the list, and they are just as great. They have won eight of their last 10. They have the best goalie in the league right now. We've talked about Mark andre He's great, but Philip Grubauer with the Colorado Avalanche, bravo, good sir. He is the reason Colorado is in this position, and they have allowed the fewest amount of goals. Yes, 2.25 goals a game. Can you name the other team? No, the fewest goals, not not percentage, but the fewest goals. The other team is Boston. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I had that on my notes, but we weren't in the East yet, <laughs> so I didn't say it. Uh, but Colorado, number two. Minnesota, tell me something good about Minnesota. They have a young squad. They do. But that also, I think, will be their disadvantage going into the playoffs, if they make it. And the West is not good. Well, The West is terrible. Well, they have some terrible teams, but Vegas is great. Colorado is great. Minnesota, they have the benefit of having the Calder Trophy runaway. 
He is, and for hockey, the Calder Trophy goes to the best rookie of the year. Kirill Kaprizov is absolutely tremendous for the Minnesota Wild. He brings, they do have a young roster, but he infuses them with the energy that they need. He is going to win the Calder Trophy at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. That's why Minnesota is number three on this list and going to make the playoffs in the West. And another reason why I think they're going to make playoffs is because the West is the only division out of the four where they have three or more teams that are below 500. That, that that makes it easy for you. Mm-hmm. That means you're only having to compete for really two other teams because if four get in and three are you know bottom in the league, that leaves that tells me there's only five teams that have to compete for four spots. Well, that's that's and I the, like the odds with Minnesota. That's the benefit of the East Division because they have the Sabers, and we'll get to them in just a moment and how how the Sabers are helping the teams in the East. But the last team right now is St. Louis. My standout for them is they have the best away record in the league right now. They're 12-4-2 at the time of this recording, and they are second in playoff. They're at a negative seven goal differential. They are the Cleveland Browns of the hockey league right now. And there's only, there beside them, there's only one other team that it's in a playoff spot right now that has a negative goal differential. Them and Chicago. Mm. And That's well, concerning. And, and but it is hard to make what's, playoffs. What's the trend? If you if we look at our our playoffs right now, Chicago and St. Louis are both the last playoff spot. That doesn't bode well for you going into the playoffs if you want to go deep. But Ask again, the Cleveland Browns that. But again, St. Louis is in the West, and the yeah. West is not good because the Kings are in the fifth position. They're a total of five points behind, so that's minimum two full games behind and an extra point. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the East. Probably the most competitive as far as top to bottom. Yeah. Unless you are the Buffalo Sabers, because you <laughs> have a total dwellers. of you have a total of sixteen points. Yeah. Now let me minus forty two gold differential too. It's pretty bad. Before, well, I'm glad you addressed that, Drew. And before we get into the East Division, let's talk about the Sabers. Bless their hearts. They have lost fourteen games in a row. Now, last week, if you listened to the podcast, you heard me talk about the Carolina Hurricanes and how they won eight in a row. The New York Islanders won nine in a row. And, of course, I talk about them, and the very next games that they play, they lose. they lose them both. So I'm hoping by talking about the Buffalo Sabres today, they've lost 14 in a row at the time of this recording, and I hope that I jinx them into a win. Well, and, and I hate to be that team that loses to them after, after they've lost 14 in a row. They've Buffalo's literally lost really two bad. straight weeks. If you were to play a game every day, two straight weeks of losses. They've almost allowed double the amount of goals than they've scored. Mm-hmm. But you talk about the streaks of the Islanders and the Hurricanes, and I did look up the stat to confirm because I didn't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure I, I read it and I double-checked. It is true that since 2018, Buffalo has not won in regulation in the month of March. Since 2018... Mm. That is a wild stat. So Buffalo is the worst team, and you talked about goal differential. I just wanted to show you how bad Buffalo is and how good Tampa Bay is. I know we'll talk about Tampa when we get to the Central Division, but let's just stay here for a moment. Buffalo and Tampa Bay, they're like mirror twins. (laughs) Buffalo is negative 42, while Tampa is positive 42. Buffalo has six wins. While Tampa has six losses, Tampa has only lost two games at home, while Sabres have only won two games at home. So they are they are literally mirror twins. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see just how good a team can be, look at Tampa. If you want to see just how bad a team could be, look at the Sabres. I've got a friend. He is a Sabres fan. Look, I, I feel bad for you, Daniel. Um, 
but hey, look, root for <laughs> find another team to root for. Maybe you want to root for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They, they might win it again next year. But looking at the East, you have the Islanders who are leading the division. Then you have Washington, Pittsburgh, and Boston. Out of those four teams who I'm scared about the most is the New York Islanders. They have an incredible defense. They're not scoring a ton of goals. Their goal differential is still good, plus 25. But defense wins in the playoffs. And I, I think out of those four in Boston, the thing is Boston, they, they haven't allowed of a lot of goals. They've only allowed 66, which is tied again with Colorado, who we mentioned. But they've only scored 77 goals. That's not a recipe for success either. You know, you know, with the Islanders, they've won eight of their past 10 games. And, you know, they have the best home record in the in the league right now at 13-1-2. and two. They're sitting pretty at this point at the top of the division. You mentioned it earlier, Drew, in this. I completely agree. From top to bottom, they are the that's the best division. It's not like you have some great teams and then some really bad teams. Yeah. Other than the Sabres, any of these teams within this division has a shot at the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so that shows you just how strong we talked about the Islanders last week and Barry Trotz and the impact he has had for that defense. I'm very pleased. Matthew Barzell, he is the best player on that roster and the Islanders they're um, I think that they'll go further this year in the playoffs than they have in the previous two years. A team to keep an eye on are the New York Rangers. Yes, they are not in playoff contention right now. There are four points behind from Boston of, of acquiring that, but they're a plus 12 in the gold differential. Philadelphia is minus 13. I think eventually that's going to catch up with Philadelphia. They're not going to advance. They're not sitting pretty right now. But I think the Rangers, if they can continue to play the ways they are and Boston continues to struggle with scoring goals, I don't know. New York might leapfrog them. Just kind of run through this really quick with the with Washington, Pittsburgh, and Boston. Washington, they've won eight of their past ten. Remember a couple of weeks ago, Drew, we talked about Tom Wilson being suspended for seven games for a hit on Carlo for the Boston Bruins. He actually has just come back. You know how many games they won? When he was away on his seven game suspension. All seven. All seven. What do you know? <laughs> that shows you just how deep this team is that they were able to win without one of their biggest instigators and, and forwards in Tom Wilson. This is a great team with Washington. Pittsburgh, it's going to be tough for them because they're still dealing with injuries. They had, I know Sidney Crosby, he was out for a couple of games because he was on the COVID list, but I think they should get better as long as these injury injured players come back. Boston. Oof. The only benefit you have is that you play the Sabres seven times before the season's over. <laughs> they have the best penalty kill right now at an 89.4%, which the penalty kill, being able to kill 89%, whoo, baby, that is awesome. But they also play the fewest games at this point, so we'll see what happens. They're 25th in goals. How is a playoff team 25th in the league in goals? That means that there are only six teams that are worse than you. And you're a playoff team. That's why I said I think the Rangers could possibly leapfrog them because, again, you're not allowing that many goals, but you are not scoring any goals either. You know, you only the Boston Bruins only have 13 more goals than the Buffalo Sabres. It shows how relatively how bad that you, even though you're in the playoffs, you're not looking pretty. Now let's talk about the last division, which, honestly, my favorite division. I think it's... They have the, I think some it's of the most be- fun, I'll tell most, you that. Yeah, most fun. You, if you want to look for rivalries, obviously you go to the East Division. If you're looking at, you know, normal hockey, you go to the West. And then if you're looking for history, you go to the North. 
Each division has their own offering. The Central is the most competitive. Tampa Bay, Hurricanes, Panthers, and Blackhawks, which the Blackhawks. If you if you if you said, "Hey, Drew, a month ago the Blackhawks would be in a playoff position right now," I would not have believed you. Nope, because but there's some real bad teams in that division. They're, they're real bad teams, but when Chicago loses, they lose. But when they win, it's close. Tampa Bay, best team in the in the NHL right now, plus forty two goal differential. They have forty eight points. Then you have Carolina, who I said last week that right now they are my Stanley Cup favorite pick. That's before this week because after watching Tampa the past week, I, I'm why didn't you smack me upside my head? Why why didn't you tell me that I should have picked Tampa? That's a good choice. I mean, that's a good point. You know, they have their goalie Andre Vasilevsky. Hey, nope, we're not talking about him yet. Wait, 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 er, skirt. We're talking about the teams. We'll talk about him in a minute. I got some stats on him. There's some good stats. I bet they are. They're probably the same stats I have. So talking about Carolina. I still like them. I still think that they it's going to come down to Tampa, Carolina, or Florida as far as who's going to win the Stanley Cup because well, they are the three best teams right now. You know what helps the Hurricanes? They have the best power play in the league right now. 30.6%. That means every time, every 10 that they get, they're going to get three goals. There are Jeez. some teams that wish that they were 30% in power play. <laughs> we know one of them. With Dougie Hamilton, he's one of the best defensemen in the league right now. Uh, he's in contention for... The Norris Trophy. I don't think he'll get it. I don't think so either. But Dougie Hamilton, he is one of the best defensemen. That blue line for Carolina is stellar. They're in a good position at this point. It's such a tough division. Florida, there's still... And the thing is, the fact that Florida is the third best team in this this division tells you how good this division is. Yes. Because Florida, I will put them against any team in the NHL right now. Mm -hmm. That includes the Islanders. That includes the Maple Leafs. Yes. I think if you put the the Panthers in any other division, they could lead that division. Absolutely. And and you know having Tampa and Carolina ahead of you, this is certainly the of the top three teams of any of the division. These three teams are the toughest, and uh, you know it's a good thing that all three of them will make the playoffs. But one of them is going to get the short end of the stick and lose in that first round. Uh, Chicago. Well, uh, let me ask you this, Dan. Before we move into Chicago, do you think Joel Quinneville is going to be Jack Adams? Could, uh, yeah, the recipient. I think, ja- I think Jack Adam, Jack Adams is the head coach of the year award. Uh, I absolutely think that Joel Quinneville could get the Jack Adams award. Uh, Chicago. The reason why you're number four is first you got the the Stars, the Jackets, the Predators, and the Red Wings <laughs> below you. They're three, six, and one in their last ten games, so they truly are the best of the worst, and that's yes. why they're in the playoffs. And that's so funny about the Central because the Central right now, between the third and the fourth team is an 11-point gap. Mm-hmm. See? That's, that is incredible. 11-point gap. Let's look at the other ones. Look at Let's look at the East. Between the third and the fourth, four points. The West, third and the fourth, two points. And then the North, it's three points. But in the Central, it's 11 points. And that... that- that is that is the best stat that you provided this entire episode, oh, Drew. Thank you, I appreciate you, it. You're so welcome. That is astonishing, and that shows you just how far and away Tampa, Florida, and Carolina are. I don't care who that fourth team is; it's those three teams. I'm going to lock those three teams in because at halfway through the season, and you've got a negative eleven between third and fourth. One of those teams could drop and still get the fourth spot and be yep. wildly better than any of those other teams. Yeah, and. My money right now, again, it goes to the Lightning, Panthers, and Hurricanes. And, and let's talk about who do you think, Dan? Because I have stats for it. Who's my, who's your top overall team right now? It's got to, it's Tampa Bay. 
It's because of that goalie, Andre Vasilevsky, he has 20 wins and three losses as a starting goalie. Yep. Uh, that right there, he had, not only do I have him in content, I mean, I think at this point it's, he's going to win the Vesna trophy, which is the best goalie in the league. I think he could win Hart, which is the MVP, the best player in the league, which is very rare that it goes to a, a goalie. Never goes to a goalie. So I think that he uh, would be a great candidate for the Hart trophy as well. That's why Tampa's in this position. It's such a hard division. So you're asking me who I think the best team in the league is? Thanks for asking, Dan. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're welcome. So the best team... It's twin telepathy. I did it th- through our, our minds and not through the mic. You're asking for... A million dollars. Okay, so. I can't provide that. Best team, Tampa Bay Lightning. One, they play in the toughest division. Mm-hmm. Check. They are first in goals four, which is 3.68 per game. Mm. They are fourth in goals against which is 2.32. They are second in power play. They are eighth in penalty kill. And then, by the way, you talked about Andre Vaskalevsky. He has the best save percentage, 93%. Most wins. That's just ridiculous. Second in goals against per game. He is he has the fourth most saves, total saves, and he has three shutouts, which is third in the NHL. I agree with what you were saying, that they... He could win the Vesna Trophy, which that's why Andre, Mark Andre Fleury is having an incredible season. But Vasco Leslie, what he's doing this year is far and away better than what Fleury's doing, which he's speaks to a won lot. It. He's already won it. That's the thing. Yeah, he's, oh my gosh, he's playing such good hockey. Another reason why I think Tampa Bay is the best team in the league, we can sit here all day and say who some teams, you know, them being complete and all this stuff. But the most deranged stat, Dan, their best player is out for the season right now. Uh, Kucherov, right? Nikita Kucherov. Yes. He had hip surgery back in December, <laughs> December 29th, but he is set to return for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, do, do they even need him? Oh, no, they don't need him. I feel bad for the uh, But speaking of playoffs, yeah, they, they don't need him right now. That's how good they are. Kucherov is just like uh, Steven Stamikos a couple of years ago where he was hurt and then he was coming back in time for the playoffs. Kucherov, in my opinion, is better than Stamkos. Mm-hmm. At his position. They At play his two posi- different positions. Two different positions, but even then, I think he's a greater asset. Tampa Bay, they are so good. They are so well coached. They are so disciplined. Don't you don't you find this interesting that we are talking about Tampa winning again in hockey and football? Like this is not just yeah, I, I'm envious of that city. The fact that they can yeah. win the Stanley Cup and the Super Bowl back to back. And who knows? My wife and I may move there. We'll see. We're still working to logistics. You're welcome to join. Come down to Tampa. Oh, thank you. I know flights are cheap right now, so <laughs> we can actually be part of a city that wins something. Okay, <laughs> which we've never experienced. It's been but hard. It's, been, it's hard. been hard. It's been a rough life. But anyways, that is the that's the breakdown of the NHL season. Next week is an exciting episode. We can we can already tell you what we're talking about next week. Next week, it's opening day for baseball. Thank you. So, look, this was all hockey. We love hockey. It's great. But next week, it's all baseball, baby. So, thank you guys so much. I hope you guys made it to this point. Even if you're not a hockey fan, I hope maybe this gives you some insight of the sport that we love. Maybe it'll get you to start watching the games on television. Hockey's fun. It's fast-paced. It's a great sport. You have anything else to add, Dan? No, it's just, you know, hockey's one of those games you've got to pay close attention because you look away for one second, boom, there's a goal and you missed it. You know, we're at a, I was at a playoff game last night for lacrosse, local high school. And lacrosse, obviously it's my passion. I love it. I coach it, played it. 
But where I was talking, oh, we were with a couple other coaches and it was a state playoff game. And I turned for one second and I missed a goal. And then I turned for another second and talked to another coach and I missed a goal. <laughs> I missed like three or four goals because it's just like hockey. Yeah. If you turn your head away for mm-hmm. one second, you miss a goal. But anyways, thank you for listening to Dan and Drew show. We will see you next Thursday for some baseball, for some baseball opening day, baby. Much love. Thanks for listening to the Dan and Drew show. Catch all our episodes anywhere you find your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Dan and Drew Show. We'll catch you next week for your weekly hit on all things sports. Signing off.